And so we are going to go to a Mark 11:23, And you should all know that one by heart. Just as the right confession of faith. Let me pray on myself. Father, I just thank you and I praise you for the privilege that we have to come this evening to midnight's midnight. Midweek service. <laughs> I have many services around midnight in my house by myself and God. To midweek service, Father God, to hear your word, that we understand your word. This word, this seed falls upon good ground, good soil, and it will bring forth a mighty harvest in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And as we go through, as we are sojourners here on this earth, Father God, may we be a blessing in everything we do. Everything that we put our hands to shall prosper. Everything. That's what my Bible says. What I put my hand to shall prosper. So we need to get an attitude in our thought life. We need to change some areas and pull some areas out that um, don't line up to the word. And so I wrote on my timeline, oh gosh, a few days ago, I talked about a couple of my favorite scriptures. And then I brought up Mark 10. Let's turn there real quick before we go to Matthew. I'm sorry. I'm probably... Nope. The thief cometh not to kill, steal, and destroy. But I come... Where is that? I'm sorry. What? John 10, 10. Pastor's looking at me like, are you kidding me today? Just pray for me. I had to have a, some teeth work done and what they gave me um, did not click with me and I'm still having the effects of it. So I'm never going to do that again, I'll tell you. Ever. John 10.10. 10. Ask Pastor. I've been sleeping so much. I'm beginning... I'm like, I must have needed a lot of sleep or something. All right, John 10, 10. The thief comes not only to kill, to steal, to destroy, but Jesus said, I came that they might have life and life more abundantly. So when you think of abundant life, what do you think of? I'm going to just ask a couple people. Michelle? Being here. Being here? <laughs> Think, ask, or contain. Anybody else? Very good. Amen. Everything. He loads us down daily with benefits. And I have in my Bible to overflowing. You know, where it talks about in Malachi 3.10, it talks about where we give of our tithes and he opens the windows of heaven where there's not enough room to contain it and it keeps on flowing and flowing and flowing. Well, that's how I see life and life more abundantly. Anybody else? I'll pick on everybody in this line. How about you, Arlene? I was going to say overflowing. Uh, in excess. In excess. Very good. Whitney. Amen. Very good. Mary, do you want to add to this? Pardon? Oh, there's a lot out here. I'm not going to let you get away with that one. you think your professors are hard. What has God given you that you would have never thought you would have ever received this early in life? 
Pardon? Yep. You know, it's good when we remember and we speak forth the things. I'm not picking on her, but um, when we speak forth the things that God has given to us and we thank him for them, thank God that's what David did when they, he, they got so upset with him because their wives and children were taken, they wanted to kill him. And when he went before God, he kept, he, he got alone with God and he kept reminding God of the blessings that he had done in his life. I could just hear it was a constant one-sided conversation. God, you did this, you did this, you did this, you did this, you did this. All right, I'm going to read abundantly so we all know what it actually means. And um, sometimes we think, oh, well, this means this, but what does this really mean? Abundance. See if they actually have abundantly. Abundant. Great plenty. More than sufficient. Quantity. Wealth. Ab that was abundance. Abundant is very plentiful. More than sufficient. Ample. Rich in something. It says, see plentiful. So I'm going to go to plentiful and see what plentiful means. You know, when God wrote this, he wanted us to get everything out of the scripture that we could. Everything. So we would know that, God, this is what you've given us. We're not going to take less than what you've given us. So let's look up plentiful. You ready? Implies a large or full supply of, whether this says supply of food, whatever. Abundant implies a very plentiful or very large supply of a forest abundant in game. You know, those of you that like to go hunting, I know Michelle does. Every year she should get her quota Take this scripture and speak it forth over it. That's, that's pretty, pretty good. Okay, it says, Now used chiefly with reference to quantity produced implies a giving or pouring forth abundantly or lavishly, often to excess. Ample applies to that which is large enough to meet all demands. His savings are ample to see him through this crisis. So God owns a thousand on a cattle on a thousand hills. Can you imagine what his savings is? <laughs> There's no limitation to it. So when we read this, Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but God comes to give life and life more abundantly. So there's such abundance in, in what he has to give us that we cannot even imagine what there is for us. Super abundantly above all that we could dare ask, think, or pray. Dare ask, you know, I dare you. God's pretty much saying this, I dare you to ask Ask me for this. If it's in his word, it's ours, but we have to ask. Ask, you have not because you ask not. So, just as the right confession of faith will produce positive results in your life, so a wrong confession will produce negative results. The Bible says, death and life are in the power of the tongue in Proverbs 18, 21. Defeat or victory, sickness or health are in the power of the tongue, Jesus said. He shall have whatsoever he saith in Mark eleven twenty three. Now we're getting to Mark. People don't realize they have to really keep a watch on their mouth constantly. 
Truly, I tell you, whatsoever, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes what he says will take place, it will be done for him. It will be done for him. For this reason, I am telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you and you will get it. So we need to trust. We need to be confident. Trust and be confident. You know, the greatest thing that will take away the blessing from you is fear. Fear and faith are completely opposite. And so we need to realize that we have got to walk in faith in every aspect of our life. Amen. Look at these examples of right and wrong confession. Well, practically um, 80% of people that I've talked to lately have confessed this one. My sinuses... My sinus condition always gets wrong, worse this time of year. I always pay my bills, my credit cards at one time on the phone. I just pull them all out. They're all due. I made it, so they're all due on the same day. So I pay them two days early. And the girl was talking about her sinus confession. It always gets worse this time of year. So there you go. Uh, right confession would be, I, I never expect bad experience any time of the year. So there's no, no time of the year that I expect bad experiences. Now, I've found in people's lives, in every person's life, there are cycles that they go through through the year. And, you know, you might, you might know someone that's like this. Most of you do. Certain times a year, they start to get down or they get, start to have low moods or whatever. That's the enemy. And unless that thing is broken, you're going to deal with it and deal with it and deal with it unless you break it. And only you can break it. And this is where we have to get in the Word. We have to study the Word. We have to get the right confession out there and move on it. And if we see that something is not working right, then we have to go back and find out, okay, what is my confession in this thing? Okay. So, right confession. I never expect bad circumstances any time of the year. I am not a fair-weather Christian. I live boldly by the Word of God. My joy is full because of what the Lord is doing for me. He said in John 16, 24, and let's look there. What does God say? I mean, when we look at the living circumstances that we have, and we look at the living circumstances that the early church had, you don't hear them talking about their circumstances, the early church, like the church of today talks about theirs, which is really pitiful. Because we haven't made. We have a washer. We have a dryer. We have vacuums. We have shoes. We have, you understand what I'm saying? Everything is provided for us. God's given us good, good jobs. He supernaturally gives us. And many times we want to whine and murmur and whatever when God's saying, I am abundantly supplying you. And so... Let's go ahead and um, look at this in John 16, 24. It says, Up to this time, you have not asked a single thing in my name as representing all that I am. So he's saying, when you ask in my name, you're asking and rep to represent everything that I am. But now, ask and keep on asking and you will receive so that your joy Gladness, delight may be full and complete. In the King James, it says, Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name? Ask, and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. So God's desire for us is that our joy is full 
all the time. Amen. All the time. Do you have something like? No. Mm -hmm. You're uh, just one new man. It says, until now you didn't ask anything in my name. You must continually ask and you will take. And you will take? You will take. That's good. Continually ask and you will take. See, a lot of people, I've heard a lot of teaching on if you ask more than once, then you're not in faith. I don't know where they got that because that's not what my Bible says. Ask and keep on asking because every day there's going to be a certain, probably many things that we ask for, but we don't. We think, well, you know, that's nothing. Other people are going through much greater things than I am. God cares about every one of us. Every one of us, he has every hair on our head numbered. So he does not see us in a group of people. He sees us as individuals. That's why we look different. All of us look different. All of us have different callings. All of us have been given special giftings. And so God knows exactly what we need, but we've got to ask for it. And most people don't get it because they don't ask. So we need to really think about this. What, what version do you have? Okay. Praise God. So when we read this, that my joy be, may be full, winter, spring, summer, and fall. For I ask him... And I receive from him the Lord's ability to keep me in good health is not limited to certain seasons, for he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Look at this one in Hebrews 13, 8. Yesterday, today, and forever. Yesterday, today, and forever. It never stops. If the minute you become a Christian, he continues every day. Hebrews 13, 8, I shall read that out of the... Well, I'm going to go ahead and go up to um, verse 5, if I could. Well, let's look at verse 1 of Hebrews 13. Let love your fellow believers continue and be a fixed practice with you. Never let it fail. Never let love fail. He says, let it be a fixed practice with you. In other words, we need to come to the place where we refuse to not walk in love. Now, some of us have had to live with the unlovely. Or some of us are in circumstances that we would rather not be in sometimes. Let love, it says here, for your fellow believers continue and be fixed, practiced with you. Never let it fail. Never let your love fail, no matter what. You know, you might be asked to do something by someone that's your superior and they ask you to do something and you get upset. I don't know why. Well, you know, God, let God lead them. Now, if they're totally not walking with Christ, if they're totally out there, turn me off a second. So this is important that we watch, especially the signs of the times that we're in. Too many people are just la, 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 la in this world and they, they need to stand up. It's time, especially the body of Christ. We have to stand up and take back what the enemy's taken, not just from us, but from our country. And it's time to, to you know, put our shoulders back and say, you know what, I'm not going to put up with this. And trust me, there's going to be more where you're going to have to pull back your shoulders and move forward in a mighty way. If you want to talk to me later, I can show you scriptures to prove this. Okay. So it says here, let brotherly love continue. Let it continue and be a fixed practice with you. Never let it fail. 
Let's go down to verse 5. Let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money, including, including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstances with what you have. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without, leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not any degree leave you helpless, nor forsaken, let you down, relax my hold on you, assuredly not. So he's got you. You're never, you're never alone. You know, you might go through things where you think you're alone. You're not alone. So we, have, we take comfort and are encouraged and com- confidently and boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified what man can do to me. Praise the Lord. Two more. Or one more, I'm sorry. Remember, your leaders are superiors in authority, for it was they who brought to you the word of God. Observe attentively and consider their manner of living, the outcome of their well-spent lives, and imitate their faith, their conviction that God exists and is the creator and ruler of all things, the provider and the bestower of eternal salvation through Christ, and they're leaning on the entire human personality of God in absolute trust and confidence in his power. Hallelujah. And then verse 8, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is always the same, yesterday, today, and forever. Yesterday, today, and forever. If anything ever comes to you, and it's not the same of what Jesus has, been, has told you in his word, then you have a familiar spirit trying to lead you. That's why, especially in the times that we live in and in the hour that we live in, we must be very, very careful that we stick close to the word, stick close to those that are in the word, and seek the word continually. Praise God. <laughs> Go ahead and turn to um, James 1 real quick. Got pencils flying around here everywhere. I'm very aware this this is probably one of the hardest scriptures that you will ever deal with. (laughs) Count it all joy when you encounter divers, tests and trials in any sort or fall into various temptations. Be assured and understand the trying and proving of your faith bringeth out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have her play and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking in nothing. Lacking in nothing. Count it all joy when you encounter divers tests and trials, knowing that the trying of your faith. Always know that the enemy is constantly coming against your faith. Always and constantly. We're going to talk about fear a little bit because many people walk in fear in many areas of their life and they don't even understand it or realize it. In uh, 2 Timothy 1.7...
For God did not give you a spirit of fear, has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. A sound mind. The Amphite, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice, of craven and cringing and fawning fear, but he has given us a spirit of and craving, uh, sorry, a spirit of power and love and of a calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. Praise the Lord. When fear comes in, this is a time when you've got to step back and get in the word and not make decisions. There are many voices out there and we need to hear only the Lord's voice. Amen. We need to say, I refuse to give place to fear, for that is giving place to the devil who is the author of fear. You know, Jesus, the chastisement of our peace was upon Jesus in that crown of thorns when they, they took it and they literally pounded it into his head. The pain from that. He's not, God's not given us fear. That, and there are many types of fear. You know, we have a friend that um, won't ride in airplanes, and he'll make, you know, he says, it's really kind of funny because everybody knows that he's afraid. And he'll make excuses about it. He's afraid. The best thing he could do was get up and go get in that, get get a ticket somewhere and get in it. We have to face our fears. We cannot allow ourselves to be bound by a fear because if the enemy can bind us by a fear, then he is going to tack on more until we deal with each one that pops up. And they will pop up. Not, I don't know one person that doesn't at one time or another deal with fear. But number one, we need, to, we need to face it head on and we need to identify it and realize this is a fear. It's got to be identified and it's got to be dealt with. Because we are coming, we could be, depending on what goes on in this election, coming into extremely hard times. And we need to be prepared, not fearful, but prepared. Not running out buying food and water and everything, knowing that God is our source. God takes care of us. But we need to be prepared for anything. And that means anything that is causing fear in our lives, we need to get it out. I am absolutely free from all fear, even the fear of speaking in public. God has said, in Isaiah 41.10, and let's go there. I'm giving you some fear scriptures to study. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Fear not, there is nothing to fear, for I am with you. Do not look around you in terror and be dismayed. How many remember what dismayed means? Anybody? We'll go there in a second. For I am your God, I will strengthen and harden you to difficulties. I will strengthen you and harden you to difficulties. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain, your, retain you with my victorious right hand of righteousness and justice. Thank God for Jesus. Dismay. I'm going to read it. Take it down. Write notes.
I don't know about you, but the word dismay freed me from a lot of things. It turned my thinking immediately around in 2 Corinthians 10.5. You know, I had to learn the hard way. There was nobody out here preaching this stuff when I had to learn this. I had to learn it, well, probably the best way, which was through God, but it, there was nobody teaching it. And so I thank God that he's a, hang on, gracious God and teaches us. The Holy Spirit is there to teach us. Okay, dismay. You ready? To deprive of power. To make afraid or discourage at the prospect of trouble. So the trouble hasn't even come. At the prospect of trouble. It looks like it could, but it hasn't come yet. Okay? To make afraid or discourage at the prospect of trouble or danger. Fill with apprehension or alarm. A loss of courage or confidence at a prospect of trouble or danger. Consternation. Dismay suggests fear or especially in modern usage, modern usage, discouragement at the prospect of some difficulty or problem which one does not quite know how to resolve. It says here, I use this as an example, I was dismayed at his lack of understanding. So, suggest fear of, especially in modern usage, discouragement at the prospect of some difficulty or problem which one does not quite know how to resolve. This is something that's out there and, and it's looking like it could happen. That's, then our part is to go to God and ask him fix it instead of getting all in an uproar, getting all afraid, getting all concerned. Go to God and ask him, how do I fix this? This looks like it's going to happen. It has not happened. I need the place where you said you will always make a way of escape. I need to be away from this. So God, make the way of escape now. Deal with it. Deal with it before it happens. Pray about it before it happens. You can stop something from happening. Too many people get dismayed and give up. They go, oh, well, there's nothing I can do about it. It could happen. That's not the way we walk. We, we, don't, we don't have time to allow that type of situation to take place in our lives. We need to be constantly on the dime, on, right on. Amen? When the enemy heaps his pressure on us, praise the Lord that our case is his to give me freedom from fear and satanic nervousness. From fear and satanic nervousness. How many know there is satanic nervousness? If you cannot shake it off you, then... Call those in authority over you. If you can't get it off, no matter how hard, ask them to pray. Go to the Word. Have your scriptures before you. You know, say, well, I'm busy. I'm right in the middle of work. What am I going to do? Excuse yourself. Go to the restroom and pray and realize that this is a harassment from the enemy. And don't yield to it. Amen. So praise the Lord that my, this case that I'm dealing with or this situation I'm dealing with 
is his to give me freedom from fear and satanic nervousness. Further, God gives me confidence by saying in Exodus 4.12, let's look there. And the enemy's a good one at saying, oh, it's not gonna, you're not going to get it this time. It's not going to happen this time. Well, he's a liar. He's the father of lies. He, in other words, he's the best liar there ever was and will be. Exodus 4.12. Now, therefore, go, and I will be with your mouth and will teach you what you shall say. That's a good one. Exodus 4.12. Now, therefore, go, and I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shall say. So what God is saying here. Go, I'll teach you what to say. I will tell you what to say. But you've got to be hearing and expecting and trusting that you're going to hear from him and he's going to show you exactly what to do. And he always does. God is actually with my mouth to guide me in what I say. For him, therefore, I will I will triumph in his ability. It's not our ability; it's his ability. You know, those of you that have jobs that you're in leadership and you have meetings that you officiate, then this is a scripture that you need to grab and stand on and learn it and count on it. Because sometimes we only have time for a real quick prayer. You know, when someone comes up with a situation and a problem, I have to rely on the Holy Ghost. You know, what do you want me to do? Sometimes they might not like it, but I have to rely on what God says. But they'll see later on down the road, it, it was the best way to go in a situation. This is a real good confession. How many have ever thought this? Well, I made it to work today, but that's about all I can say. The way I feel, I certainly don't expect to get much. Or I made it to church today, but that's the best I can say of it. I don't really expect to get much. You won't. You won't. I guarantee you. You'll probably go to sleep. Look at Proverbs 6, 2. Are you learning anything, I hope? God wants to teach us how to turn things around. You know, when you think about, I think about the group that David had. They were discouraged, dismayed, in debt. What was the other one? I always forget the other one. What a group, huh? Discontented. What a group. Oh, this is the ones that are going to be in your army. <laughs> and then the ones that Jesus got. I mean, one carried swords and knocked people's ears off with them. I mean, the last thing, like I've said before, Jesus really did not want to do on his way to the cross in the garden was to have to put on someone's ear that one of his disciples had cut off. He had his mind on, he had his whole heart, his whole being on something else. The last thing he needed to do was literally have to protect Peter from being taken away and killed and pick up this ear and stick it on the guy's head. I mean, think about this. Sometimes we do foolish things that 
get in the way of God's perfect plan. And so then he's got to fix the situation, which takes a while, and then get on with his, what he desires to do. You know, one angry mouth, one act of strife, one whatever can completely throw off God's plans for what he had planned to do. And we allow it. We, we yield it to it. And we can't. We, there's not time enough for it anymore. Okay. <laughs> I, the right confession is, I refuse to give place to a gloomy confession. You know, I have heard so many people say, oh, we're having June gloom in Santa Maria. I am tired of hearing it. I don't plan on having June gloom. Of course, June is almost over. People that weren't even raised here say it. And I'm like, please don't. You know, it's the Proverbs 6. I'm like, oh, man, I like the sunshine. That, you are snared with the words of your mouth. You are caught by the speech of your mouth. You're, my son, oh, thou art with, smit, snared with the words of thy mouth, and thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. That's heavy. Snared. When you're caught, when you're snared, you're caught in a trap. Our words can make us be caught in a trap. And trust me, it's not a good trap. This is how people get themselves in wrong relationships and end up with Ishmael's instead of Isaac's. So many times they look at the outward instead of the inward and end up with Ishmael's instead of Isaac. And we are still dealing with Ishmael. Now they're chopping people's heads off. We need a, a government, a president that will say, get them out of our country now. Have the guts to deal with some things. There, you did it. Let's look at this again. You are snared with the words of your mouth, your, of your lips, and you are caught by the speech of thy mouth. We need to start speaking forth deliverance out of our mouth. Snared and caught. Have you ever gone and seen an animal that's caught in a trap? It's horrible. Daniel 6.16. More people need to hear this. Seriously. I need to cut off the first part of this tape, Heather. I don't know how, but... Okay. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into a den of lions. Now the king spake, un, spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Well, we know that story. God is our deliverer in every case, for I serve him constantly. That's, that should be our confession. How would you like to be thrown in a, in a den of a bunch of hungry lions? Would you have the faith to say, just turn around and go to sleep? So when they pulled him out in the morning, the king went to see, is he okay? And he came down there and he was perfectly fine. So they took the others and threw him in there and they ate them all. Don't tell me those lions weren't hungry. In 2 Corinthians 2.14, you know, God wants to use our lips, our faith, to set others free. Like kids that get in gorillas' cages and, you know, things that are taking place on the earth today. 
Now, thanks be to God, which always, does your Bible say always, causes us to, us to triumph in Christ and make manifest the Savior of his kingdom by us in every place. That's powerful. Now, thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumph as trophies of Christ's victory and through us spreads and makes evident the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. Everywhere. He always causes us to triumph in everything. When you're about to go and do something that looks like it's going to be a impossible, start speaking that scripture. God always causes me to triumph in Christ. Whether you're going to the dentist or whatever, sometimes we make mistakes and we don't speak these things and we don't say these things and we don't check into things like we should. But we need to keep our confession right. Amen. How do you learn? By experience. Let's look at Romans 8:38. I'm going to ask you, do you believe this? Do you believe Romans 8, 38? For I am persuaded beyond doubt am sure that neither death nor life nor angel nor principalities nor powers impending and threatening, nor things to come, nor, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Nothing, nothing can separate us. Nothing. But we need to be persuaded. I know one thing. I'm going in the rapture. I make sure of that every day. You say, well, don't you believe you're born again? Yeah, but I want to make sure if there's anything that I've done during the day is under the blood. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things, fenced in and hidden, which you do not know, do not distinguish or recognize. I have knowledge of and understand. Glory to God. Praise you, Jesus. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. There are things right now in this time that we're living in, in our Christian walk, that God wants us to call on him and ask him, and he will show us. But if we don't call, he's not going to show. No, there are certain things we have to do, and then he will do it. And people don't realize this. Let's look at Isaiah 65, 24. Thank God. And it shall be, before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. Hallelujah. Amen. He's just waiting. Come on. <laughs> before they call, I will answer. And while they're yet speaking, I will hear. Thank you, Lord. That was Isaiah 65, 24. I don't expect failure. I expect success. 
That's what you need to tell yourself. I don't expect failure. I expect success. God has not placed us on this earth to be failures. Not one of us. Not one of us. He's put us here to be conquerors in every circumstance and every situation. In 3 John 2, we know that God's prospering our lives. He promises, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. I have a right to prosperity and health because I am prospering in my soul. Just sitting here tonight, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God, you are sitting here prospering. Because faith is coming at you and you are prospering. Every bit of word that you receive tonight, you're prospering. And great things have to take place. Hallelujah. In Luke 10 or Luke 6:38, given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. The Lord is heaping upon you blessing because you are giving unto the, him and his work. You're blessed. Every time you give, this scripture should be placed on your check. Every time you give, every, on your check or your envelope or wherever, every time you give, expect it. <laughs> the Lord is literally heaping up blessings for you and I, literally heaping them up. Because others, others aren't going to ask for them. They're not going to believe it. I don't remember how much of the body of Christ tithes, do they say? It's so... What? 7%. So all those blessings are yours. Think of it. Matthew eight seventeen. I don't know about you, but this is making me happy. Remember, faith's coming at you. I'm going to have Pastor um, pray for you. Yeah, maybe after this one. And thus he fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He himself took in order to carry away our weaknesses and infirmities and bore away our diseases. So our weaknesses. Every one of us, if we've lived on this earth beyond childhood, know that we have certain weaknesses that we've allowed to come in or that have come upon us or whatever, we don't need them. Jesus bore, he took away. It says here, well, let's look at the verse above this. Let's start with 14. And when Jesus went into Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying ill with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her and she got up and began waiting on him. When evening came, they brought to him many who were under the power of demons and drove out the spirits with a word and restored to health all who were sick. And thus he fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He himself took in order to carry away our weaknesses and infirmities and bore away our diseases. Thank you, Jesus. There's so many times when we feel in an area, weak in that area, like, well, I'm not as good a speaker, I'm not a, you know, or the enemy will try to tell you that. That's a lie. 
you might not be the same type of speaker, or you might not be the same type of um, manager or whatever, but God has made you perfect for the situation. Teacher, you're, every person is different and God wants to use the gifts that he's placed inside us to use for his glory. So that means in whatever you're doing, you are the very best at it. You're the best at it. Best student, best teacher, you know, whatever. Whatever you're doing, you are the best. Why? Because Jesus, Jesus made you that way. Wow, that is so powerful when you think about it. I'm not trying to take anything since Jesus took it for me, I will resist taking anything the devil would put upon me. I live in the victory of his substitutionary sacrifice. Think about that. I live in the victory of the sacrifice that he paid for, for me. So when you speak, when you do something, you're doing it as an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ here on this earth. People might not know it, but God knows it and you know it. Hallelujah. We need to praise his name for what he's wrought in us. No matter how old we get, you know, the devil will try to tell you, you know, you're getting older. Says who? Age is just a, just a number. It really is. It's just a number. You know, you find out a certain age that, you know, maybe I should have eaten different. Well, start eating differently now. You know what I mean? God will restore whatever we place in his hands. He'll restore it. Whatever we ask restoration in, he will restore it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. He restores my soul. So whatever areas of your soul, your mind, will, emotion, and intellect that were used for the devil, God says he'll restore that for his glory. Man, what a, what a trade. What a trade. When, when you think about that, what a trade. Ugly for beautiful. Good for bad. I mean, just think of it. Honey, you want to come on up here and pray? I'm going to go ahead and close, and then if you want, anybody needs, does anybody need prayer? We're all good. Praise God. You know what? To run out and confess who you are in Jesus Christ more than a conqueror. I'd like someone to give me a scripture. Everyone in here to give me one scripture that means a lot to you. We'll start on the front row. You. Yeah, a new one would be good. That's the truth. Don't give me the Jesus wept one either. Okay. Our son did that. Our oldest son, they went to, to a Christian school and they had to put down a scripture, so he put down Jesus wept. I said... So, well, it was a scripture. Okay, honey. Talk loud. Psalms 51, create me a new heart, O God, and renew the right spirit within me. That's your favorite scripture, isn't it? Psalm 51, what? 10. Arlene, I'll get you next. Okay, Mary, how about you?
good one. You ready? Show me now your way, so that I may know you progressively become more deeply in your 